Hi, I'm Sam Germano, and welcome to the Uprooted Podcast, where we'll be uncovering the underlying meaning of health and what it means to us today. Let's sit down with the experts and trailblazers to understand the why and how, break down barriers, and blend our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Grab your headphones, turn the volume up, and let's uproot. Ann Fryer is on a mission to inspire you to live purposely and invest in your future. With a people-first leadership style, Ann has always believed that the most important brand you build is yourself. Anne helps clients uncover their own inherent purpose by nurturing and honing individual strengths, talents, and ambitions. By empowering others, she has created a community of professionals who are maximizing their potential. Voted as the kindest girl in her elementary school, she has always understood that compassion and connection are the bonds that unite making us healthier and happier in the process. Prior to launching her personal branding business, Anne applied her storytelling and organizational excellence into a career building luxury and lifestyle brands. Her natural ability for creating memorable collaborations and experiences that capture the imagination and spark conversation afforded her the opportunity to work with iconic brands from Johnny Walker and Absolute Vodka to JW Marriott and W Hotels. Anne was at the forefront of the content-driven experiential movement and today is recognized as a thought leader in the purpose-driven landscape. A former client turned friend and mentor, this woman is someone I feel so fortunate to have crossed paths with. We worked together for maybe four months before the pandemic altered our career paths, but I knew this woman needed to stay in my life for good. This time last year, I was sending her decks to approve for our upcoming event, and now we're here talking about how she cultivates human potential as a career. Anne is such a powerful woman whose energy is palpable and who brings light to anyone and everyone that she meets. This conversation is my gift to each and every single one of you listening this holiday season. I'll let Anne take it from here. Anne Fryer, how are you today? Sam, hello. I'm so wonderful. How are you? It's so good to see you and hear you and be here together. I know. Not this is so exciting. together. Yeah. <laughs> Vir- virtually together. Virtually yeah. together. It's the best version now. Yes. I am so excited for our conversation because while staying in touch with you over these past few months, I have admired the business you've created for yourself in helping people define what their personal brand is, specifically because I found that there was this pattern that I kept hearing and noticing within my generation, which is when we're young, we identify ourselves with a lot of external factors, where we're from, what social circle we're a part of, what college we went to, what camp we went to, what internships we had, so on and so forth. And the crazy thing is that when asked who we are, we rarely have a description that just belongs to us, that is completely separate from those external factors. And I think what's interesting is that we're, we're programmed to write a formulaic resume and craft the perfect responses to interview questions that talk all about everything other than who we are as a person. And here you are pulling that out of people. So let's jump into that. Tell us about you and your journey in starting this new venture. Thank you so much, Sam. Um, It has truly been such an honor to work in something that I really sort of fell into organically. Um, For background and context, I've been brand building for 15 plus years at some Mm -hmm. of the most amazing companies. I started on the agency side. I went in-house. I've been at two global Fortune 500s. And the gold thread through 
all was not so much the brands we were building, which are iconic and amazing, but it's your own brand. I think the most purposeful brand is your own. And so many of us, especially today, we have a global pandemic. It's such an incredibly hard year for so many people. And I've seen the highs and lows since I started working. I was part of the 2008 financial crash. Mm -hmm. I was part of one merger. I was part of a second merger. And at the end of the day, we would either join these companies and be excited and build these brands and then just be left with nothing and or being something amazing, but still not know who we were. So many years ago, I decided to really work closely with my team and figure out who they were individually and said as much, and I get so emotional, <laughs> love them to stay with me forever because yeah. your kind of your work colleagues become your closest friends. Yeah. That the best gift you can do is have them shine bright and spread their wings and go further. And I think if every leader could take the time to truly understand who's working with them and what's the spark inside their team that gets them excited, you'll get more out of them when they're working together. So long story, but I started doing that just with my own team. I said, let's just look at your resume. Like, where did you start? Oh, with me or later or somewhere else. And then through that process, um, we discovered that either the projects they were working on or the things that excited them were very different. And I sort of tried, you can't always do this, but try to sort of look at the types of work and opportunities you can to help the individual you're working with have, I'm a big believer, in, you can strengthen weaknesses, but I think it's so, so important to take strengths and make them even stronger. Why wouldn't we take our superpowers and make them maximize even, them? Maximize, yeah. exactly, maximize them. So uh, many years ago, I became certified in resume writing. I know, not that sexy. <laughs> and I realized the advice I was giving was really just my humble opinion. I was like, I'm sure there's actually rules I should know. So <laughs> doing that. And again, really, like I said, either for my team, whether it's direct reports or managers or mentors or peers, anyone, uh, really just because I loved it. And then today I actually became uh, this year certified in LinkedIn profiles. Um, there's just mm -hmm. so much to know and understand about your digital persona, which is so different. I think we all know resumes. The, the physical resume will probably be obsolete in a couple of years. Yep. So it's been amazing. But I mean, it's something I think taking an individual and really being able to figure out what makes them shine and you said something so amazing earlier which is we are tied to where do we come from where did we grow up and sometimes i don't even know where to answer and how to answer that question you know because mm -hmm. is it where you currently live is it where were you were born is it where your parents are and then people look at their resumes and all they have is titles and we tie a lot of our self-worth to the name of a company or a title, or our salary, or who our manager was, and how we were treated, and our team. And I hope everyone that's listening to this, don't do it. 
I made that mistake a long time ago. Everything mm. I tied to was what's next? What's the next title? What's the next company? How am I going to grow? If my talent, I've gone north, I've gone east, I've gone west, and I have certainly gone south in all directions with the types of companies, the types of roles, sadly, and I don't suggest this even with money, um, mm. because I've wanted to discover other areas. Like, I don't think, you know, I always believe you should be moving forward, but moving forward doesn't necessarily mean rising up the ranks. It's like what makes you feel good. You know what I mean? It's so important to make sure you're doing something you love. And I think we think of titles and we think of, I want to be a journalist because we write, or I want to be in brand marketing because I love brands, but we don't go further to think, do I want to be in brand marketing because I've heard they travel a lot and I love traveling, or I want to be a journalist because they write. A lot of journalists actually, they're insatiably curious and they love digging and they're like anthropologists. They're digging and they're looking for the story and the narrative of that individual and try to bring it to life. So do you necessarily need to be a brilliant copywriter to be a journalist? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe there's something there. So I think how you look at roles and you look at companies and what they do, think about what makes you happy before you associate your happiness with a title or company. Yeah. We spend so much time in our lives chasing a title or chasing a company and we seldom take a few steps back to understand and reflect who we are as a person and what we're going to bring to the table before we even get there. Uh, Yes, a hundred, a hundred thousand percent. And I think right now, especially as individuals are thinking about, should we pivot? Should I start my own thing? What should I do next? They're so tied to where they were or what their title was or the type of role they were doing. And I think sometimes we don't know where to start. And that's the hardest part. And I think for most of my just unbelievably amazing clients, you can start anywhere. And I will be the first one to admit, I was even nervous to be on this podcast. I was like, I don't even know. What am I sharing? What am I doing? And I think we never feel like we're ever ready. We're never ready. And you are ready on the day you decide you're ready. The day you take that first step, is the day you start. And I think what happens, although some of my amazing friends out there are like, so what, do, what are you doing? What's, and I said, it's not about, the tactics are building someone's personal brand. The tactics is obviously figuring out who they are, you know, creating something beautiful and telling their story on a, on a resume, mm-hmm. bringing them to life on a LinkedIn. But it goes so much deeper, Sam. It's giving them the opportunity to see themselves through a different lens. Like when you give the opportunity to someone to tell you their story, it's the most beautiful thing. They, they don't, I, I'm listening to these stories every single day. And then I'm reading the resume or I'm listening to, I'm thinking, wait a second, those don't go together. Your superstar status is not shining bright here or that story or that role or that project. I don't see anything about, I said, you light up when you share that. But right here, I I read that you work in data. I'm not saying anyone in data analysis and I'm like riveting. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think people forget that they have this other side to them. And it's interesting that they'll, light up when they tell a story about something that feels more true to them than their title at their job. Mm -hmm. 
And it's like, oh, <laughs> get it out there. And, you know, there's, and I think the statistics are out there and we all know this right now and NIH and, you know, the World Health Organization is talking about these insane statistics of, you know, by 2030, you know, the rate of depression will be the number one uh, sort of disease out there. Or, you know, we see chronic illness. We, we're seeing, you know, risks just I think even 10 years ago, we weren't seeing a day. And I know obviously a lot of it is, you know, we are sort of really attached to our phones and sort of to digital media. But I think what's happened is it's more so our self-worth that we are comparing ourselves to everyone else and we forget what our core values are. And I, it's an exercise I actually do. I always think like, what's my mission what's Anne Pryor's mission mm. what's my purpose and like I think about it all the time and for me even on days I want to throw in the towel I'm like what's what am I doing and you go like I cultivate human potential that's my mission that's what makes me feel excited every single day and I think when you think of it in those terms and you think about your own core values like what are Sam's core values? What are Johnny's core values? Like when you think of yourself, and I know we always keep people on brand like, well, humans are really brands. You really are. Like I know my core values and what I stand for. And when those shift, whether it's on a specific team, in a particular social setting, I feel uncomfortable. I feel like it's not serving me. It doesn't make my brand what I need feel good if that yeah. makes sense. I, I agree with you. We individually are a brand. And when we know how to identify that, it boosts our confidence in interviews and conversations, meetings, presentations, because we start to carry ourselves in a way where we know what we're bringing to the table. And then if we find a situation or an instance that isn't matching our self-worth and what we do bring to the table, we know right away that that's not what we're meant for. It's not going to serve you. Exactly. And I've had so many texts and emails and calls of people saying, I got rejected and I didn't get the job. Ugh, and it makes me so sad. And then I said, it shouldn't make you sad. You're being redirected. You didn't get rejected. And I'm sure this is not my quote, it's someone out there, but I said, there's a reason you didn't get it. And that's okay because in three jobs time, you're gonna be like, thank you. I'm so happy that didn't work out. I would never have discovered a love for why, or maybe you would meet the love of your life in Z, you know, yeah. like whatever reason, I think it's how you see things. And I am the first one to admit it is so incredibly hard. And everyone around us right now, or a particular friend is celebrating something. And so when you get a particular piece of news, it's hard and you're sort of evaluating it. But I think I go back to like, does it work with your purpose, your mission, your core values? And sometimes when you think deeper about it, you go, you know what, actually, I'm glad I didn't get that job. You know how they interviewed me, said a lot about the culture now that I'm thinking back to it. You know, they cut me off my Zoom call early. They were late every time. Their questions weren't very empathetic sometimes you're interviewing a company as much as they're interviewing you. And once you get into something, I think we, oh no, I've got to stick it out. Or mom and dad said, you've got to be there for at least a year. 
sometimes it's the greatest gift. I tell everyone this, that you didn't get the opportunity and it's always going to work out. It's how you see it. I think that has, has a strong way in which you view that perspective sort of on yourself. Um, 100%. And I think I resonate with that so much because as I've said in this podcast before, I am unemployed. And I think that there was probably eight instances that I was rejected. Eight instances Mm -hmm. where it just didn't work out. And, you know, after a while, I I, I was building up a resilience, but I also felt kind of jaded. I was like, yeah, all right, yep, here we go. But another one. After a while, I thought to myself, well, you know what? Maybe I can just pause and maybe I can rebrand and think to myself, what else could I be doing right now? What else could be true here? And why am I not going down the, this road? Or why am I not getting the opportunities to, to pursue this? And so I also kind of want to bring up rebranding because I think a lot of us have a hard time shifting careers or we feel like we're tied to to one path that we thought maybe three four years ago was meant for us and now it's not how do you navigate that yeah and that's such an excellent question because i think what happens is so many of us and and so many of our peers or even if it's family they think of you as that one person so sometimes it's not even yourself trying to pivot or shift but people I don't know why Sam feel comfortable giving individuals labels. So you're the marketing person, you're the real estate person, you're the finance person. And sometimes I want to raise my hand and say, I am currently, if you look at that title I have, but actually a lot of my work was very analytical in order to do my job. Or a lot of my work, although the title might not reflect it, was incredibly creative but you just don't see that and i think rebrand i mean i think right now we're all rebranding all of us yeah it's every single one of us i always say get a notebook get a piece of paper and write down again like what makes you feel good like what are the tasks you're taking and doing and have been doing whether it's the last year or the last 10 years and look at those closely and i think that's when you sort of go through your resume you're like oh I was a marketing assistant, but really, I actually don't like marketing. I really wish I could have done X, Y, Z. And I think that's how you tell your story. Because what happens is we keep picture-holding our own selves because we keep writing the same story. So Mm -hmm. take that marketing assistant role. And if you really want to do something else, if you really wish like, I don't know how I got that role. I was a finance major. I always thought I was going to work in finance, but my dad's best friend's cousin hired me for this marketing assistant role. Don't write your resume like you would for your next marketing manager role. Figure out the tasks you did, whether it was budget management, analyzing data that would help you pivot into that role you think you want. And I think that's where we get stuck. We think, well, that's the role I had. That's the title I had. And I can't really sort of shift or rebrand myself because people just see me as marketing now. I always say closed-minded leaders might, um, but people that are really looking, I think there's two and it's an incredible book out there called Mindset. And there's a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And a growth mindset is when you're always focused on learning and growing. You don't believe you stop. Fixed mindset's like, this is what I know. That's all I need to know. There's nowhere to go. I make mistakes all day long because I'm learning all day long. (laughs) 
all day long. Um, and so it's really hard to do it. But the more people you talk to and the more people you tell your story to and what you hope to do, there, everyone out there, I truly believe, has a human instinct to help each other. So mm -hmm. you're going to find the right person who's going to say, so tell me the story. Okay, so you were a year and a half, you were a marketing assistant, so, and you really wish, okay, you know what? It feels like a step backwards, but I'm going to give you an internship. Would you be willing to do this for three months? It will be paid. And if we can see that you have the right skill set, it could turn into something full time. Do it. Like it's okay to feel you're not actually taking a step backwards. It was my comment sort of earlier where you're not, not moving forward because you've decided to pivot or you've decided to rebrand. Learning um, is moving forward. Learning is moving forward a hundred thousand percent all day long. If you are learning, I literally every single night in a journal have to write the one thing I learned that day. You know, oh, I love that. there's so many things I want to write about and obviously I have my list of three things I'm grateful for every oh. single evening. But the one thing that's most important to me is what can I say I learned that day? And some are amazing. Some things were painful learning exercises, which are the ones I think you grow from yeah. the most. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm curious to know, what do you think it was about your past experiences at your past job, whether that was with projects or partnerships that inspired you or led you to helping individuals create and curate a brand for themselves? Like what clicked in you that was like, oh, well, what I'm doing for brands, I can really be doing for people too. Yeah. I love that question, Sam. I think at the end of the day, the brands that we're creating out there are strong when you have the right people doing that work that are passionate about the work they're doing. So I worked with so many amazingly talented team members who were just going through the motions because it was just a job. And even though to the outside world, it seemed like the sexiest job ever. It was an amazing title. I mean, I've done it all. I've been to the Super Bowl, Sundance, Grammys, overseas trips, business class, first class, champagne. I mean, you, you name it. I like lived the life <laughs> as did a lot of the individuals I worked with. At the end of the day, like, does that year after year make you happy? Like if you don't actually truly feel excited. And I think that's, you know, when I or friends or peers are posting photos of these incredible lavish either events or activities or places, people assume they have the dream job. They have the dream opportunity. What people are not seeing is everything that goes into getting to that location. And if that individual who is posting that amazing photo from the Olympics or the Super Bowl for the 12 months of work they did to get to that one day and that one photo were miserable because they realized that the work they were doing it's a lot of work streams. It's a lot of cross-functional work. You've got to be able to work incredibly fast in a very, very stressful environment with tight deadlines. If that doesn't feel good to you, it doesn't matter that you got to the Super Bowl. That yeah. whole year made you sad. And I think I saw it firsthand. You, you're posting things and you're thinking and evaluating, was it worth what I was doing to get to that moment? And I think I realized, why don't we, we're so busy. And if we've learned anything this year, all of us is like, 
we're surrounded by so much noise and now we have an opportunity or have hopefully a lot of this time to just be quiet and we are all home. We don't have and haven't had the opportunity to probably race around the globe or run out to dinner and you kind of have to sit with your thoughts and you really have to evaluate what makes you happy. Like if you actually think about your everyday work and like what makes you happy, sometimes you go, you know what? I haven't sat still for 90 days and the last 90 days were disastrous. I didn't like anything I was doing. And I think to sort of answer your question, I saw this happening so often and so many people when they, perhaps it wasn't this specific calendar year, had a moment just to stop or they went on vacation, they would say, you know what? Everyone comes to me and says, you have the dream job. Oh my gosh, you get to do this. And they would say, I don't, I don't like what I do. And I thought, okay, what do you want to do? Like, and they're like, well, I don't know. So it's like, let's figure out what your superpowers are. And then you would sort of identify someone's superpowers, which let me tell you, is like my favorite thing in the world to do. <laughs> you find someone who loves X, Y, Z. And they're like, I didn't even realize I loved it that much. I was like, well, you've talked to me about it for about 25 minutes. So I'm yeah. Like, Clearly you like it. <laughs> Clearly you like it, but I don't see it anywhere. I don't see it. I like, again, like there, there's no evidence in their resume or totally like on their LinkedIn, like, or even when they tell me the types of jobs they are thinking about, I'm thinking, well, what you just told me you love, I don't, I don't connect the two. And so mm-hmm. I, since a, like, a very, very, very young age, like, obviously I've cried like three times. Like I just feel so deeply for just people's happiness and I always say you know empathy is amazing because you can feel the pain of others but then compassion goes even deeper you actually want to do something and I think even early and my parents actually just reminded me of this like I think in South Africa in the third grade in my entire school I was voted the kindest kindest kid in class and at the time like, I don't even know what that means. I don't even think. And my dad still has like the certificate and like his desk drawer. And he's like, that was the, he's like, you've had amazing successes, obviously ups and downs as well. It's like, I still think that was one of my proudest moments. Cause he said, at such a young age, you recognize the things you needed to do to help the new kid in class that didn't mm-hmm. have any friends or the individual that was left out of the play group. And I can't really explain. I think we all have our own DNA and what makes us tick. I mean, I think one of my strengths is inclusivity and that word means so much, but for me is never having anyone feeling left out and making sure that everyone feels good about themselves. And there is, and I think about your podcast and sort of the, you know, the greater meaning around how do we define health and well-being, and Listen, I love a green juice too. <laughs> Me too. I love, kale, I love a kale salad. I also love other things. <laughs> um, but if you don't feel good about yourself, if you don't feel, if you don't know what the power of you is, if you can't confidently talk about what makes you shine or what you want to do, it impacts your self worth and it impacts your confidence. And I think the thing I've learned, I mean, definitely this year, but over the years, 
is just taking the time one-on-one -on -one with someone, not in a group setting and identifying with them what makes them so great. Like we are all super brands, <laughs> like we truly are, but we never take the time to talk about it. And I think for me, just seeing people, I mean, this calendar year and through sort of the global pandemic, what people are sort of, they come to you to talk about, oh my gosh, I have an interview coming up and I need to do my LinkedIn or resume. It goes so much deeper. You're hitting so many vulnerabilities of people that our jobs, whether we like it or not, are tied to our self-worth and our self-worth is tied to our confidence. And that is all tied to our health and well-being. If you don't feel good, you don't want to get up in the morning sometimes. If you're not enjoying your job every single day or the people you're working with, maybe you don't want to go to your yoga class and you don't want to go to the gym and you don't want to. And I truly, it's like the whole year. I, I truly think it's all interconnected and linked. Mm -hmm. And one plays on the next. And again, people are like, so what, you just do like some fun, pretty photos or like that, like you change... No, when you actually, I had a client who had never had a headshot before, ever. She was like using something. She'd come from Kenya. And I mean, her first headshot, I'm like crying because she was like, oh my God, and I'm so beautiful. And I was like, you are. It's like people just see themselves through these different lenses. And, you know, she's like, you know, like we post the photo and like for me from the day i met her she's been a shining star in my eyes but i think we have so many amazing you know recruiters and employees out there who are looking and they've got their checklist and they're check 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 and so if they see something that feels awful they don't have the right headshot please people don't use those wedding headshots <laughs> they're not gonna work or it doesn't feel right people you know whether we like it or not they like sort of pass judgment and so i think taking people and sort of just steering them in the right direction and then but for me it's like when they see themselves differently it's like the greatest joy it's there's nothing i could do this 24 hours a day like I mean, mm. it, nothing like the notes you receive. And I tell people, we actually didn't do anything. This is 100% on them. You just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Like I yeah. said, like we all got redirected. I'm so glad that they got redirected to me for that one moment. And hopefully they can go and fly and shine. Um, but there's just something magical about people starting to see themselves differently. And then I think, hopefully, I think long-term having it impact their health and well-being. Like I have seen it firsthand. Wow. People go out there and you know what? I did this. And the next thing it's like, I always say, I mean, I, there's so many shows. I love that I'm an obsessive organizer and <laughs> I think so many fabulous shows out there, lady. Um, the home edit, this is a shout out to you. Um, <laughs> the medicine cabinet it's disastrous you just add some order to that it's one small change it changes your nightly routine it changes your morning routine it changes the way and the types of products you select you have more room you see what you're using i say it's mm -hmm. exactly the same process as your personal brand make one small change change a photo think about yourself definitely change so yeah. yeah I mean I can go on and on and on about it <laughs> well I, I, the next question I was going to ask is what is the process that you take clients through obviously you have a very unique 
and fryer process, but how do you guide people to discovering themselves from a broader perspective as a person and as a brand? Yeah. Um, amazing question, Sam. I think first for me is just to give your client the first full hour we're not talking about anything, but just anything they want to talk about. So you are organically just talking about where they last went on vacation, what they did that morning, you know, what they hope mm. to do next year. I think you just get to know them on an organic sort of one of think like just a new friend. Like I love talking on the airplane. Most people don't like it, but I always think it's an opportunity to get to know the person next to me just for a short while before the movie starts. <laughs> and I feel like you don't go, so John, nice to meet you. So tell me about your life and where you want to be in the next 10 years. I mean, it just doesn't <laughs> feel natural. You're just yeah. talking about your day, why you're on the flight, where you're going. And I always right. use that analogy because some of, and I'm not even half joking, some of the deepest conversations I've had is on a plane, someone knows they have this opportunity to share something with you, a stranger, and they won't be judged, Sam. They'll never see me again, you know? Uh, so interesting. And they get something off their chest and they share it with you um, and you're gone. And they feel so much better. And I feel like, you know, when I get to know my clients, like I want that same opportunity, just share anything. You know, it's, I have a client who's very sick right now that's not information I think you would normally learn if you were going through a traditional, like, let's update your LinkedIn, but understanding why he needs to do it. What was the driving force? Like where his health has led him to today and why this is just a process for him to gain his confidence back after being out of the market for a long time. So you go through, I think like just a very organic, I always say like, I want to know you as a friend. This is not a robotic, shoot me a resume. We trade it back and forth three times and then we move on. I just, it's not how I can work. Yeah. Uh, you get to know them, have them share their story. And then generally I love to send them like a questionnaire or something just to make sure I get like specific answers to things that quickly organically come to them. So that within a few minutes, like just three words that describe you or how would your best friend describe you? And it's amazing. Everyone comes up with different things. Yeah. Um, and then I think ideally for me, then it's like, you know, it could be razor fast just because so many people are so busy and they have an interview on Friday. We will work and tailor your resume, but it's not about, and again, to repeat what I said earlier, it's not about what you were or even what you are today. We want to craft it for the future. So let's figure out where you want to go next. And like, let's hone those skills, those titles, that story, that message. And I love it. Like when people see something and they read their accomplishments and it's not a job description, really want to figure out what your accomplishments are. Like what did Sam specifically do? We know you could have been part of a global multi-million dollar campaign, but I really want to know what your sort of contribution was. And I think everyone can read through, you're a coordinator, interesting, but this sounds like you played the CEO level. Mm. Um, so just obviously being truthful in what you're sharing. And then we get to bring it to life. To life. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, I never want to lose the site. I have everyone reach out to me, hopefully, fingers crossed, when they either get the new job or they get elevated in their current job or more importantly, move departments in the company because they never were happy in the one they were. And then, you know, just keep the narrative going. Yeah. Are there certain questions we can ask ourselves that will lead us in 
in better understanding who we are. Before you mentioned knowing what your mission is or identifying your core values, do you think these are questions that we need to ask ourselves that help us define a personal brand? Yes, 100%. I always say every single individual should, you should have a purpose statement, like understand like what purpose you want. So even on days at work when things don't go right, it might not just be the assignment, but did you, in the way in which you want to live your life, did you conduct yourself in the way you hope you needed to? Do you know what I mean? Like, were yeah. you there for your team, even though something went wrong? Um, your purpose, sort of a purpose statement, and sometimes like purpose, mission. I know we, you know, we love our brand architecture in the brand world, <laughs> and sometimes it's hard. And then I've, re I've realized over time, my clients, we, we land up getting sort of complicated in what is one and which one and how to use it. And I don't want the exercise to be hard. But like I said, like just for me, just saying cultivate human potential. It's just like a really quick snapshot on what I love. So no matter what is happening in my day, I sort of understand if I go to bed that night and feel like I help someone see their own strengths or help them transition or transform no matter the good or the bad or the ugly that day, I did what makes my heart sing. Um, and then your core values. I think it is, again, like a brand. What do you stand for? And I think Patagonia is an incredible brand. I love, love, love to use. One, I'm obsessed with their brand. They're uncompromising in who they are as a brand. They don't shift their purpose or the core values. Like They're okay isolating a segment of the population, not because they're worried about sales, because they're worried about doing what they as a brand believe is right. And I think that is so incredibly, it's just so incredibly strong. And I wish more brand, actual brands would do something like that and take a stance like they have. And I know confidently, either when I buy something from them, it's not a sponsored <laughs> uh, <laughs> comment from that again, but when you buy something from them and if I give a gift, I truly feel so confident in their model and what they stand for. I feel really good about my purchase. And there's obviously amazing companies out there, you know, that have the one for one model like Tom's and Warby Parker. But for me specifically, Patagonia, I know what they stand for. They yeah. care about our environment and they care about sustainability and they believe it's our purpose today to make a better tomorrow and they will take a strong stance, you know, and I think brands have that opportunity. And so I feel like that's the same for you and I, you know, and I would ask you the same thing. If you have to think of one core value, Sam, what would be one of yours? I would say one of my core values is instilling confidence in people. Mm -hmm. I, in conversations that I have with friends, family, or friends of friends, acquaintances, I always lead with, I want to leave them feeling 1% better about themselves than they did prior to this conversation. We all should be walking around knowing exactly what we bring to the table, knowing exactly what we offer in jobs, relationships, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And I always want to come across as someone who provides that for someone. Well, I can confidently say you do that for me <laughs> every time we talk from the first day. I was like, Sam, holding on tight. <laughs> I felt the same way. But no, I, I, I love this conversation because we're consumers and we follow brands 
very closely. We watch what they do. And it all of their actions, for the most part, derive from what their mission is and what their core values are. And I was like, well, why can't we as individuals walk around with that same mindset? We know what our roots are. We know what our foundation is. Mm-hmm. And we can make actionable decisions that exude those traits. Traits. Yeah, and I think we're tested every single day. Like, you know, there's, there's going to be, and I always say this, either primarily to friends, but, you know, they're like, oh, but this happened. And I always think like, you're being tested. Like it's, are you going to stand strong? You know, you're going to stand for your core value when something, and it's true. Like when something just doesn't feel right, you know, but we push to do it. And and sometimes depending what it is, like, I don't know, bungee jumping. Sure. It might not feel right, (laughs) but actually you might have a really fun time. But I think we all know the examples I'm talking about. Like when it just, and you, you, if you know what you stand for, like if you, you know what feels right, and it's, this is not about like a right or wrong scenario. It's what's right for you as, as an individual. And I think, you know, in so many scenarios and in team environments, and we all, and a team environment can be you and one business partner or you and 20 people. I have definitely felt like this, you know, with the right mentors and bosses, I feel the best part of myself comes out even greater and shines because I'm seen for who I am. And with people that, for whatever reason, you know, don't read you right or don't feel your energy, you know naturally when you start to curl up into a ball or you feel like a tortoise, I think, and you're putting your head back in your shell, it's a natural defense mechanism it's to protect yourself and sam i used and think about that all the time i think about and i write again like i said like when i think about the one thing i learn every day and put in i think about the people in my life who just make me feel good like their energy how they talk about me and again i want to use the examples of like managers and bosses because like i remind them when your people are shining you're shining And when they get threatened or feel insecure and then make you feel the same way, you're not going to get the best out of your team. Um, But I'm constantly watching for that at all times. Like you should feel confident enough and have enough self-worth to always in every scenario make people on your team or in your social circle feel good about themselves. And to your point, I love this. I'm going to steal that. Like percent better than when they started with you it's brilliant i mean that's absolutely brilliant and i think we all have our own sort of rules but i think for me just in a team environment i will never it doesn't matter if someone makes a mistake don't call them out don't have that individual feel that pit in their stomach and have them feel bad and it's in a team environment also in a friend circle it doesn't feel good um you know so friends Purpose brand, self-worth, <laughs> it all interlinked. It's all interlinked. It's not one thing. Um, and no one formula fits, you know, for one person. What makes one person shine bright, they're an extreme extrovert and the funniest person in the room. And then your introverted friend who's quieter, but like wicked a sense of humor when it comes mm. out. Everyone's superpower. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And if people want to find you or get in touch with you in any way, how can they do that? 
Oh, you're so sweet. Um, you can either find me on Instagram and Fryer, very easy, and with no E, or reach out to Sam. She can find yes. me anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, Anne. This was such an incredible conversation, and I am so happy to just have an hour to talk to you I know. and <laughs> to have a platform where I can amplify your voice. Sam, honestly, such an honor. I'm so incredibly and deeply proud of you for launching this. It's such a need, um, especially for your generation, but I think for all generations, I think you have taught me more than anyone older than myself, and I'm not that young. So (laughs) that's a huge thank you to you, and thank you for sharing your voice and giving, you know, everyone an opportunity to shine bright. And like you said, I'm definitely leaving. I'm I'm leaving 100% better than when I started today. (laughs) I love it.